Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you. You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, DR Morgan Coaching. And the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited. So go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. It's your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson. And I'm so excited about today's episode. I'm going to talk to you about triangulation. This is a term used primarily by psychologists, but we're talking about what happens when a third person is brought into a relationship dynamic. And this can happen in all kinds of relationships. However, we're going to focus primarily on romantic relationships This experience is also known as cheating, infidelity, having somebody else, having a backup, stringing another person along, right? Like there's all kinds of ways to describe this, but probably most commonly referred to as cheating within the context of a relationship. I really want to look at triangulation, aka cheating. because I've haven't seen any other place that does that. So I want to do that with you. Let's do it. Um, 
triangulation triangle. You think about a triangle, three people. And what's really important to note is there's triangulation as a form of manipulation. And this can happen in an incredibly unhealthy way in a toxic relationship, in a relationship with a narcissist, in a relationship where there is intimate partner abuse or violence, right? So I just want to acknowledge that what I'm talking about today occurs on such a big spectrum. So there's triangulation that's happening from a place of an attachment strategy that's sort of that's not directly intentionally used to manipulate. So I just want to acknowledge that not all cheating is the same. Not all of these dynamics are the same. And I thought it would be helpful if we just start with at its most extreme, what is what, what does this look like in practice? And that would be in a relationship with someone who likely meets criteria for narcissistic personality disorder, someone who's very, very um, un, unwell, and they might use it to manipulate you. And what that would look like is you're in a relationship with someone and then they start a relationship with someone else. And it's hard to know if it's real or if it's um, a lie that they're telling you, but they would use their connection with someone else as a way to get you to do what they want you to do as a way to manipulate you. So you'd be in a relationship and then the person would say, well, if you don't start um, listening to what I tell you to do, um, you know, I'm going to start a relationship with Brenda, the girl that I've been getting coffee with, or if you don't start, I mean, it's hard to say in these relationships, you know, I have flashbacks to when I was in a relationship with a narcissist and some of the things he would say to me were like, if you don't start doing what I want you to do, and if you don't stop hanging out with your friends I'm going to leave you and I'm going to go back to my ex, Nicole. I'm just throwing out names, right? But as you could tell, it's used as a way to manipulate, to threaten the relationship. So there's this third person that becomes a threat to the relationship. And I know that some of you have been in that dynamic. And to those of you, I just want to give you so much compassion and just, just let you know you're not alone and that that's never healthy to be using this third person um, as a way to manipulate, as a way to get you to do what your partner wants you to do. So that's the most extreme case of triangulation. Let's talk about what's happening in relationships where there's an anxious and an avoidant dynamic or the person who's anxiously attached, what comes up for them if there's cheating or if there's a third person who's involved. And then I want to talk about if you're avoidantly attached, what's coming up for you and maybe why is that happening? So the thing I need to say is that we have to forgive ourselves 
for cheating? Is it healthy? Is it a healthy way to get our needs met in relationships? No, it's not. And the reality is, is that sometimes it's what we knew to do. It's what was modeled for us. It's what was available to us. And we didn't have other ways of getting through the relationship. And I think it's so important to forgive yourself if you have been the person who has cheated. And if you can get to that place of forgiveness where you forgive the person who cheated on It's it's important to come at it from a place of compassion, but I also want us to all understand it's not a healthy way to navigate relationships. It's not a way that serves you or that serves the other person. It always ends badly. And of course, I'm speaking about traditional uh, monogamous relationship structures. There's other relationship structures, poly, open, et cetera, where there's informed consent around having other partners. So this does not apply to that. We're talking you know, traditional monogamous relationship structures where cheating um, is not, is not uh, encouraged. And obviously in a poly relationship, it's not cheating. Anyways, I could go on about that, but let's talk about it in terms of anxious Attachment, anxious attachment. So you're anxiously attached. You likely are putting the other person's needs above your own. You might have some resentment growing in the relationship. And a lot of times it's unconscious and you don't even realize it's happening until it is. Um, Another thing that you might be experiencing is intense fears of abandonment, intense fears of what if this doesn't work out? I don't know where this is going to go. Oh my gosh. I don't think they like me as much as I like them. Oh my gosh. They canceled plans with me. What does that mean? Right. You're going down these anxious thought spirals and you can off. Well, I know this relationship's going to end and you've already predicted the ending. Even if things are just going pretty okay, you might be in an anxious attachment place where you've already imagined how it's going to end, right? Other things you might be experiencing is really devaluing yourself and putting the other person on a pedestal and thinking that they're better than you. And um, once again, that the relationship's going to end. You also, with anxious attachment, you're probably thinking about your exes, and you're blaming yourself and you're thinking you did things wrong. And you're really thinking about those past relationships and spending a lot of time on, gosh, if I just would have X, Y, Z, or why didn't I try X, Y, Z? If only, you know, you're spending a lot of time running through scenarios about past relationships. So all of these ways of being that I'm talking about, it's a lot of fear that you're feeling. and fear of being abandoned, fear of being alone, fear that you're not good enough. All of these thoughts, your belief structures around relationships, it does make you susceptible 
to triangulation, AKA involving another person. And it's important to note that this could simply be that X that messages you on your Facebook story or the X who pops up every once in a while and says, how are you doing? Right. But if in your mind and in your heart, you're keeping them as an option, you're involving that person, right? That's a third person. Um, or it could be um, a coworker that you start to develop a relationship with or someone traveling or an ex, right? Like it doesn't matter. But if you're involving a third person, you could be doing it out of relationship survival, right? Out of this need to try to build some sort of security, relationships, connection. It's just as important as air, food, water, and shelter. We need connection. So it can come from this anxiously attached strategy of, well, I don't know if my current relationship is going to work out. So let me make sure I have someone. Let me make sure I have something that's there, right? I need security. I need something that feels really secure. So it's coming from that fear of abandonment place. And then another way it can happen if you're anxiously attached, you oftentimes have a hard time directly expressing your needs, your wants, what you feel. You have a hard time navigating conflict. So it doesn't feel like you can bring up anything that's going to rock the boat. So another way that triangulation can happen is you just don't feel like you can deal directly with your partner. So instead of directly navigating the conflict, you start a connection with someone else because so you're building resentment. The connection is struggling. You don't know how to navigate conflict. And instead of doing that with your partner, you just start to build something that feels easy and connected and fun as it did in the beginning. Um, but of course, you are bringing your self to that new relationship and you'll experience that again, unless you really do work on healing anxious attachment. So as someone who in my past with anxious attachment, I would always be thinking about, okay, who do I have in case this relationship doesn't work out? Where can I find security? Having that backup list, right? It's important to note that that comes out of survival and it comes out of this desire of, hey, well, I need connection. I need relationship. And I I don't feel safe in my current one. I can't trust that it's going to work out. So I need to have this backup. So important to note though, how damaging that is to you because you realize what's, what's happening on some level, even if it is unconscious and it's really your attachment system taking over, you do realize that it doesn't feel good to be out of integrity, right? Um, and it's also just taking up so much of your energy. I always talk about this with women inside of the empowered, secure love program that those past relationships or 
the um, situationships, friends with benefits, whatever, a guy who randomly pops up in your DM or the girl who randomly texts you, hey, are you up at 2 a.m.? Like all of those loose ends relationships, I'm going to call them that, the loose ends, right? Those do take up space in your brain and they do drain your energy and it prevents you from showing up fully in the connection that you have and being able to give to yourself and give to your partner fully in the way that they deserve also just prevents you from living your life, right? If you have your energy going to all these relationships. So part of healing your attachment style and moving towards secure attachment is learning how to relax in a relationship and allowing yourself to receive love and not feeling that desire that, oh, what if, you know, there has to be a backup plan but to be able to say, hey, I relax in it and I have enough self-trust that I can trust myself if I do end this relationship and I know that love is available and it's always available and I don't have to worry about being alone and I'm worthy of a great relationship and I'll effortlessly attract one, you know? So it's that place of, I don't need to have a backup plan, right? So, and I just want to, once again, you know, this is such a touchy topic. People talk about cheating and there's, there's just a lot of pain and people who have experienced it. And I myself have experienced, um, cheating. And I, I actually think about one of my first relationships I was ever in. This was in high school. Um, the guy that I was dating was dating. Oh, and I met him at church. Uh, yeah, but I was dating him And apparently he was dating someone else the entire time that we were dating. And here I am like 18 years old and it's the first time I'm falling in love and he's dating this other person. And little did I know he had given both of us a promise ring at the same time. And I found out from her And it's so interesting. Oh, and, you know, it was like a little like $72 promise ring from Sears, the kind where you can barely see the diamond. You know what I'm talking about? Anyways, um, but I cherished that ring at the time. And then to find out from this other woman. um, And it was just like, this gut punch, right. Of having been on the receiving end. And now knowing what I know, I know that he was really hurting and he was really struggling and he didn't know how to navigate relationships in a securely attached way and how to relax into one connection. But that was my, I mean, if I think about that, it's like, wow, that was one of my first experiences of being in love. I actually had my first sort of boyfriend all the way in middle school. That's a whole other story, but that was one that started my template of, wow, someone could be with you for a year and they could be dating someone else and give you both promise rings at the same time. It just developed this heightened fear of infidelity. Right. And we have, 
there are people who want to fully invest in us. There are people who want to be intentional and create a connected, healthy, securely attached, great relationship. Those people are out there. They exist. And it starts with you becoming securely attached so that you can show up in that way so that you can receive love and you can expect love and you have the standards, right? You just have the standards of, Hey, well, you know, bringing somebody else into our relationship, starting a connection with someone else while we are together, that's a non-negotiable for me. That's a deal breaker. Right. And getting to the place where in my dating life, I would even share that early on in a connection and just say, you know, I really like getting to know you. This is going great. And I just want to let you know something that's really important to me. Hopefully we can talk about it. And I'd say something like, based on what I've learned now, that if infidelity or cheating of any kind happens, I'm, I'm going to need to walk away from the relationship. And that was through experience. That was through experiencing that in past relationships and trying to make it work. And I just realized that it was, it was a deal breaker for me that I'm not going to stick around if that happens. And I communicate that upfront openly and honestly. So that was us talking about anxious attachment. And then I, I know so many of you listening can relate and I, I actually cannot believe that it's taken me this long to talk about cheating on the podcast, but we're doing it. You know, the show is let's get vulnerable. We're getting vulnerable. If you've experienced this, I have so much compassion for you. Um, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on your Instagram story. would love to hear Um, And now I just want to get into avoidance. So what's going on in the avoidant attachment place when you're in a relationship, you're struggling with intimacy, you're struggling with getting closer to the person. There's fear coming up that you might be losing yourself. You're losing your identity. You're saying, am I able to be free and do what I want. And one of the things that avoidantly attached folks really struggle with is being able to set boundaries. So being able to say no, being able to say, Hey, I care about you and I need space, right? That's, that's somebody who's avoidantly attached. They really struggle with that and they let things build up. And then they get to the place where they just want out. They get to this place where they're like, I can't, I can't offer the reassurance. And they, they usually have beliefs that they are a terrible partner, that they're going to fail, that they're not going to be able to give the person what they need, that they're not ready, that they're not good enough in some way. So they have all those beliefs going for them. They're not able to set the boundaries they need to. And then enter in a third person, right? And for them, triangulation, cheating, it can be about meeting the need of freedom. Um, It can be about meeting that need of, I need to be able to do whatever I want. 
um, and sort of that belief of I'm not tied down. So if you think about it, that fear of intimacy, fear of commitment, fear of going all in because I'm worried I'm not going to be good enough. Well, self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If I start a relationship with someone else, then I'm able to say, yeah, look, I get too close. Um, we've all been there. I'm like, I have like different situations that are flashing through my mind of, of when this has happened to me, when I've been on the receiving end. Um, and I think it's important to note that sometimes there's just so much fear around confronting the person with anxious attachment. And there's just this like, oh, I just can't talk to them. And sometimes an avoidantly attached person will use cheating or will use adding another person to the equation as an easy way out of the relationship. And it can, it can help them get out of the dynamic and lose intimacy. Cause remember they're, they're struggling with intimacy and being close and feeling like they're a failure. And it can sort of just help them relieve that pressure as quickly as possible and get out of the dynamic. So we talked about it from anxious attachment. We talked about it from avoidantly attached. And when we think about once again, how do we navigate this from the securely attached there are going to be times when there are people who you meet and you think about them as a partner and that that's totally normal and healthy that you would have those thoughts. Even if you're in a relationship, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your relationship. And the securely attached person says, you know, I am going to choose my partner and I'm going to protect the secure attachment that we have built. And they have so much trust built with their partner, that if there are things that they need, there's things where their needs are not getting met instead of involving a third person in the relationship, they're going to go to their partner and they're going to talk about it directly. And the securely attached person is going to set the boundaries they need. And they're going to say, Hey, I have these things that I need to do for myself as an individual and I'm going to continue to do them, even though we're in relation. And the securely attached person is going to come to their partner and say, wow, you know, at times I just have this fear of abandonment and fear that we're not going to work out. And the story I'm telling myself is maybe it'll leave me for someone better. And they're going to have those conversations with their partner. And they're going to work those fears out with their partner instead of involving someone else. Okay. One thing to note is obviously I'm talking about triangulation in a romantic relationship and in a cheating context. What's interesting though, is sometimes we with like your partner's friends or their parent or someone else. And they're, they're basically saying like, well, I talked to so-and-so and they, and I told them and, and they think X, Y, Z about us. Like once again, you're going to someone else. It's not a romantic interest, but you're going to a third person instead of 
going directly to your partner. Insecure attachment and securely attached relationships, we go directly to the person, right? We, we speak directly with respect, with curiosity, with a desire to another and a desire to grow. I hope you liked this episode. I could definitely talk about this for a few more episodes, <laughs> but let me know what, what did you think about it? Did it have some light bulb moments for you? Did some things from your past click, take a screenshot, post it to your IG, tag me at Dr. Morgan coaching and tell me what you thought about it. I would love to hear. And of course, if you have experienced this in the past, you know how painful it is. If you are saying, okay, I need to be able to approach relationships from a securely attached place. And I have no idea how to do that. I've tried all the things, gone to therapy, I'm journaling, I'm reading all the books, and I don't know how to embody the securely attached woman because it's one thing to know what we should do. And it's another thing to actually be able to show up in the moment as a securely attached partner. So if that's you and you're saying, yeah, I need to be able to show up that way. I need to be able to build a relationship like that. I do want to encourage you to apply to the empowered, secure, and loved eight-week relationship program. We have limited spots right now. And one thing you should know is that in the month of June, it's Pride Month, we do donate a percentage of proceeds to the Trevor Project, which is an amazing organization. They support LGBTQ youth. I always love June. This is a new tradition for us. Um, two years in a row now, we donate money to the Trevor Project every June. All right, y'all. I appreciate you. I hope you love this episode. And I will talk to you soon. You know, of course, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Until next time. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.